Um, thank you. All, thank you all so much for coming. It is. It is. It is with my greatest pleasure that I could tell you that I'm not going to be the one sharing Torah with you today. Um, we have this class of hearing hearing from my father-in-law, Rabbi, Rabbi Hashi Reichman. When Rav Shlomo and I were first meeting last year, when he, he called me into his office and, and wanted to describe the vision of Machon Zermatzaret, he spoke about a certain type of Torah to Yisrael, which is a Torah of chiburim, a Torah of connections, where in Chutz Laaretz, Torah is a little bit, it's disparate, it's, it's discrete, it's split, it's split into different sections, it's split into different parts. And Torah to Yisrael is supposed to be a Torah that brings things together, a Torah that brings together Nigla, Lamdos, Halakha with Pneumius Torah, a Torah that brings together different communities. Unfortunately, for too much time over our history, Torah was in discrete sections. It was studied, Gemara was studied here, Hasidus was studied over there. This community still learned this way, that community, this community, this community learned that way, and Torah was often a source of, of Pirud in Klai Yisrael. Um, Torah Zarah Yisrael, according to Rav Kook, is supposed to be a Torah of Achdos, a Torah that brings together different facets of the Torah, and a Torah that brings together people to understand the light of the Torah. And this is, I think, this I think is the best way to introduce my father-in-law, Rabbi Reichman. Um, before it was in vogue, before before it was uh, before before it was trendy, he was teaching Chassidus in YU, but it was in the context of the fact that he was a Talmud of Rav Salvechik for 25 years in this year. Smicha Smicha from Moshe Feinstein, giving alumnus this year in YU in YU in YU for 40 years, bringing together those parts of the Torah. And those people that have, that have, that have discussed to interact with Rabbi Reichman on a personal level know that the Torah that he has, the Torah that he speaks about, the Torah that he lives, is not a Torah that's mefarid, a Torah that's mafred, a Torah that's mefalig. It's really a Torah that brings people together, a Torah of warmth, a Torah of aftos, and, and, and a Torah of ava. So without further ado, I'd like to call up Rabbi Reichman. Okay, yeah, Shukar, thank you very much, Yosef, and Shuzav Shlomo. And shows um, everybody. I mean, it's uh, for me. It's uh, I, I maybe make a bracha shachiyanu atova meitiv to to be together with uh, with you and and Efrat. I remember when my friend Raviskin first came to Efrat many many years ago, and it was a tiny little village. Now Baruch Hashem, it's a metropolis. Of Torah and Yerushalayim, and as as Yosef said, it's Achdus. Achdus. It became the main message today in the war, uh, and but uh, Achdus is uh, is always been a very important part of Am Yisrael. Ishechod, we went to Hasinai, Ishechod Belei Vechod, and it's coming out very strongly now. Baruch Hashem to see it. Um, so maybe if we have a chance, I'll I'll do a little bit uh, of what uh, as Joseph said, a little bit Adarav, uh, Lamdus, and a little bit Chasidus. And I don't know. We'll see. Maybe there's a common denominator about it. Um, but first, I wanted to focus on the Lamdus part of the Shia, which is uh, from the Rav of Salvech. You know, and you're doing brachos. So I just was just simple for me to say. Let me do the first. Shear on the blat that the Rav gave. We gave a couple of introductory shirim, but on the blat of Bezer Madalif, first shear in Drachos, first big discussion of Rashi and Tosfos over there. So we have the Maramakomo, so maybe we can use that. Uh, so the Mishnah says, mm-hmm. So when do you begin davening? 
Kriyashmat night, when they call them Ichuma, which means uh, the last day that they were Tomei, they go to the mikvah and then they have to wait for the sun to go down, to have Shemesh, which, which we assume let's say Sesekochovim, and then they can eat Chuma after being Tomei. So this is a, it's a funny way of saying Sesekochovim. The Mishnah says it in this uh, strange way that the uh, Zman Kriyishma begins at night with Sesekochovim, which uh, the average person knows. Okay, so Rashi, right there on the page, Rashi has a question about, uh, it's the third line in the Rashi, that begins at the end of the second, Im Kain, Lama Koran Ota Beta Knesset. Minig in Rashi's shul, which obviously he was the postic of his shul, besides being the postic for Amisrael at the time, uh, Mr. Davin early married. I, I once did a little research that Rashi's town uh, in the summertime, Seisikachavim was about 10.30 at night, which it still is in places of France and so on. So uh, 10.30 at night, Mariv, uh, Friday night, you want the kids to hear Kiddush, make part of the Suda, so they, they, they dive in an early Mariv. It means after Plaga Mincha, whatever time that was, they would dive in Mariv, which is okay because the Gemara, I don't know if you have it in the mind, I promise, the Gemara says later on in the Masechta, it's, uh, yeah, and, and, uh, number four, number four, the Gemara says, the Mishnah said that you should have in Mincha until, until night. And then the Gemara says the next line, Omer Rav Chizda, Nech Zanan, with the Rav Matzli Shal Shabbos, Be'erev Shabbos, Me'bod Yom. Rav would have in Mariv Friday in the late afternoon. So if we're saying that Mincha goes till Erev, till Tzais, let's say, or Tlashkia, how do you get your Mariv earlier before Shkia? Because Rav would do that. Shemam Nalachuk Rav Yehuda, which Rav Yehuda was the one who said that Mincha ends at Plag, and that's when you get Mariv, because that's how he interprets Tamad Shalbein Ho'abayim, that Tamad Shalbein Ho'abayim ends at Plag of Mincha, it's an hour and a quarter before Shkia, and then you start... So that's the Tamid, that's the Mincha, Tfilas Mincha, and then after that is Tfilas Mariv. So according to Yehuda, you dive in an early Mariv, an early Shmon Esrei. But, and that's what Rav did. But Adarabim, the Rafun, the Rabbanim, the Masayadurta, the Rafun and the other Rabbanim, they didn't dive in Mariv until, let's say, Tseis, Shemam and Enelachik Reb Yehuda. So it's not like Rabbi Yehuda who says you could have in an early marriage. They were marked to have in a later marriage. So Harshal it malacha lo kamar lo kamar. We have two traditions. We have Rav and we have Rafuna. Rav is davening an early marriage. Rafuna is davening a late marriage. We don't know which way is correct. So the Abed kamar, Abed, Abed kamar, Abed. You can go either way. Okay. So there's a, a huge machloket uh, in Rishonah. What does that mean? You can go either way. Does it mean uh, you have to. You can pick one, 
and just stick with that opinion forever. That's one opinion. Does it mean that you can switch from day to day? That today I'm going to dive in early mincha, early mariv. Tomorrow I'm going to dive in late mincha, late mariv. Or does that mean even on the same day I can dive in late mincha and an early mariv back to back? So Abeno Tam is famous for saying you can do both at the same time. Between Plag and Mincha, you can go both ways. So, uh, okay. The, uh, that could be because Suffolk Drabana and Lakula, since Mincha is a Drabana and, and the Zman of Mincha and Marv is, uh, is a Drabana and the Zman the Drabana, and so Suffolk and Lakula. So maybe you can do a Suffolk Drabana and Lakula with a Tata de Sasri in a paradoxical way. Comes to Mincha, I'm going to pass in. Uh, later Mincha, which is like the Rabbanan, who comes to Marvel, Davin, an early Marvel, give you the same day back to back, the Tata, the Sasrit, I'm acting paradoxically, but I'm dealing with it din the Rabbanan. Mincha is the Rabbanan's man, Mincha is man, Marvel is the Rabbanan, so you can do Tata, the Sasrit, that's what Benutam apparently feels. And the Rabb, when he explained that to Benutam, he said that it meant that when you go suffer to Rabbanan Lakula, you're not giving a logical decision. You say Safu Drabana Lakula, you could have said, well, it means that Drabana say Lakula, make decision Lakula, which is logical. Call that Achra, be Machri, you're Lakula. So then you couldn't do a paradox. You couldn't say back to back, I'm going to be davening a Mincha Lakula, because I think uh, a later Mincha like the Rabbanan, and then. I'm saying it's the Rabbanan sheet, and then I'm going to do Mariv right afterwards, which is Yehuda sheet, uh, but it's illogical. So if Safut Rabban Lakula means you have to make a Achra, you have to come up with some logical choice, this is illogical. But if Safut Rabban Lakula just means we're not, we're not deciding the original question, we're not saying who's right, who's wrong, we're not making any kind of logical decision, we're just being no egg Lakula. I want to give you a license. If you have a suffix, be makele in the way you do it. You don't have to explain why you're doing it. So if you don't have to make any explanations, or if you machriya, you just have a hanhag, a lakula, I can be nag lakula, which is illogical. I can say, I'm going to dive in uh, a later mincha after plag, I'm dive in an early mariv, right after plag, before shkia. It's illogical because I'm not deciding based on logic, I'm just being no egg of the coolers. That's uh, the Rabbeinu Tam Shita. But the other Rishonim say, yes? So I think he uh, did no boundaries with this rule of Lakula as being a Hanhaga without. According to his father, the Moshe uh, Salvation has said that, and I don't remember how they applied it, but they did apply it in a lot of paradox, in a paradoxical ways in Safra Abana Lakula. I do it myself. Uh, people, questions come up a lot of times, and. Uh, whether it's with Erevin, which is a Drabanan, whether it's Muktza Drabanan, and uh, you can quite a, a bit get into paradoxical psak. But since we have, uh, so so really, the, 
you know, a lot of strange things that these machlokusin and the Rishonim over here about Avod Kamal, Avod Kamal, Avod doesn't mean you can go into the paradox. Um, so, as we know, there's a huge machlokus in Minhagim uh, today, and there's always been, apparently, it's since Rashi's time, right away, with, when Rashi said it, that he davened uh, an early Mariv and probably a late Mincha, um, and Rabbeinu Tam did it, but a lot of other Rishonim didn't like it. So, uh, I remember, I know, but in our crowd, the modern Orthodox crowd, it's very common to do the paradox. To dive in on a Shabbos uh, in the summertime, we'll dive in after Plag, before Shkir, we'll dive in back to back, Mincha Mariv. But I remember when my kids moved to Israel and they moved to Beit Shemesh. So Beit Shemesh from Mount Aleph is very American. So there were a lot of people, including my son, who wanted to do this on a Friday at, late afternoon on a sun, summer day. And I remember um, that the rabbi there in Ramad Aleph, his name is Rabbi Goldstein, he was so against it. He says, you can't do this. You can't. It's a paradox. We're never going to allow this. And so he wouldn't even get, let them go into the shul. They wanted to go to the shul much earlier, before the regular minion. Let's say the regular minion would be, let's say, 8 o'clock in the summer, and they were going to go into the uh, shul at 6.30. It's empty, not bothering anybody. Just want to dive in a milch and a mab. He says, no, no, not in my shul. My shul, we're strict. No paradoxes, nothing like that allowed. What's your decision? The whole year you do Rabbi Huda, the whole year you do Rabbanon. You can't switch from one to the other, and you certainly can't do it on the same day in the same place. And I'm not going to let that in my shoes. So the guys made a minion. One of the guys gave his house and said, okay, we have a minchamarev. And I think they still do that. They still can't go into the big shul. So it's a big issue, this issue of, uh, do you say a suffolk jabon on the kula with a paradox? So... Uh, Fundamentally, in America, where I see the modern Orthodox shuls across the board, do do this. They do daven minchamav back to back, and uh, and the Rav was saying, based with from his father, that because suffolk jabban lekula does not mean you're making a decision on the basic question. You're not. There's some suffix, so lekula. That's so mecharet means you're making a call that. That this cooler side is the correct side. That's why I can be the cooler. No, if that were the case, you couldn't call mincha one way and then five minutes later call Mara the other way. That would be a paradox. But you're not making a call on the basic suffix. You're not saying I'm working with this sheet or that sheet. You're just saying the cooler. It's a suffix. The Rabbanon give me a license to go the cooler. So it's ah, I'll go the cooler. And therefore, it's not. It's not a question of a paradox. We're not dealing on a logical level. We're just saying this is the way the rabbis. Uh, this gets into another issue uh, in the Sefer Mitzvos, uh, the Rambam and the Ramban, because the Rambam in uh, Mishnah Torah, he um, he seems he seems to upgrade Takanus de Rabbanon to be the Raisa, because he says that. The Lotas say of by Sanhedrin Agadol, Lotasum, Mikolashe Yerucha, don't go against Sanhedrin Agadol. 
and Zokin Mamre can be there in that case. So he says the Rambam in Mishnah Torah that that applies to all Takhanas Durabanan. And typical Takhana Durabanan was created by Sanhedrin Gadol sometime. So if someone, for some reason, doesn't listen to a Takhana Durabanan, I remember when I was a kid, and my father was a firm Yid, he was sort of Hasidish guy, but I remember he always used to say about different questions, he'd say, ah, it's a Durabunan, a Durabunan, you don't have to be so uh, strict about, you know, say, Hasidish Yiddish, Durabunan is Nishkefelech. But when I got by the Rav, and he showed us the Rambam, and the Rambam says that it's Lofsasur, Mamish, it's a Kefelech Avera, you can get death penalty if you're a Zok in Mamre for violating Lofsasur, and Ram says that every Takana Dabban is Lofsasur. So there's a long Ramban in the Sefer Mitzvos, and he says, how can the Rambam say that, that there's a Lotasu for violating a Drabbanon, if the Gemara says across the board, Suffolk Drabbanon Lekula. So if, uh, if it's a Deraisa, because if you don't listen to them, you're violating a Lotasu, plus a Nasei, you should listen to them. So how can it be Suffolk Drabbanon Lekula? It's a Suffolk Deraisa Lechumra. Any Takana Dabban which has a suffix, you should go to Chumra because of a problem of Tishma, you should listen to them. And Lotasu, it's Isum de Raisa. You should say Suffolk de Raisa Lechumra. How can Rabban say Suffolk de Raisa Lechumra? So Ramban rejects this Rambam. He says it's not true. There's no Lotase, Lotasu, etc. But the Mephoshim who defend the Rambam, Nicholas Esther and others, they say, it's not a question. The Torah didn't tell you what the Durabanans are. They gave an authority to the Rabbanon, the Sanhedrin, to create a Takana, Minog, etc. So the Rabbanon are the ones who create the rules of the Takana. The Torah didn't tell you how the Takana, what it should be, how it should work. They gave the Rabbanon the authority to create that Takana with the Raisa back, backing. But they didn't tell the Rabbanon how you make the Takana. So the Rabbanon, when they made a Takana, they built into it, say, we make a Takana of Muktzan Shabbos, we make a Takana of Erev, we make a Takana of Basa'ov Becholov. But we're also building into our Takana that if you have a Safek, you go to Kula. So the Rabbanon themselves created... <coughs> The Kula. It's not that the Torah tells you to go to the Kula. The Torah doesn't say anything about details of what the Takana should be. That's the Rabbanon created the Takana, and they create all the details. So they're saying, Sofit the Kula. Okay, so that's what everybody says to explain this Rambam Shita, that um, if, it's, if, if, if for sure you know you're violating an Issa Rabbanon, you're getting into deep trouble. According to the Rambam, you're violating a Lotus, possibly. But... If it's a suffix, they themselves gave you the license to go to Kula. So once, it's, once we have this background, and we know that the din of suffix, Durabanon, Kula, that itself is a Takana Durabanon, so it's not a problem to say that they created an arbitrary Kula. They said the Kula doesn't have to make sense. You don't have to explain the Kula. If it's a Kula, you can do it, because we never made a Takana in the case of a Kula. In the case of a suffix with a with a kula, we never made a takana in the first place. So that itself is arbitrary. It's not, they didn't say, oh, logically, it makes sense to be a suffolk to abundant the kula. They never came up with some logical reason. They just said, 
I guess it's because they felt that they don't want to make people so burdensome, so onerous. So we're making we're making a lot of extra rules. You know, the drabonans are many, many more drabonans than the original derisa. It's going to make it very hard for people. So we give them an out. It's a suffake, can go the cooler. And um, so here it comes out in a very startling way that if you get a case of two Sveikos, and one suffolk will go this way, the cooler, and the other suffolk would be a paradoxical cooler the other way, you can do it, even back to back. Because it's a license that Rabbana built into the original Takana to go the cooler. So it's a Hanhog, it's not a Hachro, not Machriya the suffolk. So that's why Rabbeinu Tam says you can have them back to back. But the Rishonim who disagree with that, um, the Rambam happens to be one of the Rishonim who doesn't accept this idea of a back to back. So, so they don't want the paradoxical Suffolk Rabbana Lakula. And maybe they feel that uh, whenever you're doing something with Rabbana with a Suffolk, it should make sense. It should be some kind of Achra. It shouldn't just be an arbitrary leniency. But, but if if we're from that crowd, I don't know what they do in this shul. But if they if you're back in America, this crowd is overwhelmingly doing this paradox from Minchamariv. Um, so then that applies to a lot of things. You can have lots of cases of a suffix and rabbanon and the kula could create a, a tata disaster in logic, something illogical. But according to this, you can do that. So it's it's not just minchamar; it applies to a lot of different questions. Okay. What's another uh, common question with a paradox? We we have a paradox in the drabanan. Well, you could have uh, yeah. what? It's another matzui that people don't realize that it is. No, let's say you want to know with basa of bechalav is a drabanan. So. And then you have to wait uh, between meat and milk six hours, three hours, one hour. So some guy is going to say, um, on meat, real meat, it's six hours. But I'm going to go with a, a chicken, I'm only going to wait one hour. So how can you do that? It's a paradox. Is it one hour or six hours? No, the answer is, I don't care about the paradox. Since the three sheep is about waiting between meat and milk. Is it six hours? Is it three hours? Is it one hour? And I don't have my own sack from anybody, so I'm just going right into this question. I'm about chuva. I don't know. I don't have a masova of anything. I just want to keep it in. So I'm picking myself what I'm going to do. So I know my wife, she's from Holland. She, she only waited one hour. Meanwhile, my, my great-grandfather was Hasidish, so he waited six hours. But my father wasn't from, my grandfather wasn't from, so I have to decide what I'm going to do. So, you know what? I, I want to make my wife happy. So, I want, we'll wait one hour for chicken, but we'll wait six hours for meat. Because meat is a derisa, and chicken is a derabonon, meat and milk. So, that would be a case of a guy doing a paradox, using a suffix drabonon, the cooler, to do something paradoxical. So, you could have. Uh, all kinds of cases. I don't know, I happen to be a lenient guy, so when Talmidim asked me what to do, I always know this thing that according to the Rabbeinu Tam and the way the Rav explained it and the way 
our general community is doing on Milchamari, we're going to have with a paradox. So I'm okay usually to someone do a paradox with Salvana Kula. Okay, uh, anyway, so the Gemara there said that you could daven only Mariv because Ovid Kamar Ovid, Ovid Kamar Ovid. That's the Gemara. Okay, so um, so Rashi going back to the Rashi and Dav Beis. Rashi is obviously pasquining for his community an early Mariv, presumably it was a late Mincha also. So he's doing the paradox and he's davening the early Mariv. That's what he says. Okay, but he has a problem. The Mishnah says that Kriyashma is Sesa Kachavim. So the Shmona Esrei of Marv is Midrabbanon, so Ovid Kamar Avad, I can be Mekel and Davin an early Shmona Esrei. But how do I say the Kriyashma in the Shul when it's before Tseis? Because the Mishnah says, Mishnah Shakonim Nechnasim Lechabutumasan, that's a Dindaraisa. Kriyashma at night is Deraisa. So when we dive on a Mariv, we're doing Kriyashma Deraisa and Shmona Esrei Medurabonon, because we don't have to dive on three times a day Medurabonon. You already dive in Shachos in the morning. You already, you would say, the Deraisa of davening once a day. So three times a day is Medurabonon. So when you're davening Mariv, you're doing Kriyashma Deraisa. And Ma'av Midrabbanan, so good. Ma'av Midrabbanan, we're going to do earlier. We're allowed to do it earlier, fine. But how do we do the Kriyashma earlier? That's Rashi's question. Where do you get the impression that Rashi has to hear Davin It's hard for me to imagine that on a Friday, where it says it's at 10 o'clock at night, and they're davening, let's say, Ma'av at 8.30, let's say, or 8 o'clock, it's hard for me to imagine that they were davening a Mincha at six o'clock or five o'clock. It just, it's, it's impractical. So that's, I'm just guessing. I'm not sure, but I'm guessing that he died in Minchin back to back. In the Tosfus, Abinu Tam says that they did that. That's, that's clear in the Tosfus, but Rashi's not so clear, I agree. But I just think that Abinu Tam was Rashi's grandson, so probably he was just following his grandfather's minuk, so back to back. So, but Rashi's problem is. If he was doing Plyomet, he would just say, oh, I go like that. Right, exactly. It's sort of true. Right, it wouldn't be a Chiddush. He's just saying, okay, I'm following uh, Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, early Mencha and early Mariv. That's true. So so it's a Chiddush. So he was doing it back to back. But the point that Rashi is focusing on is there's another question here. There's a paradox between the Dindarabanan of the Shmona Esrei and the Dindaraisa of the Kriyashma. So whatever we're saying about Suffolk Drabanon is one thing, but when you get to a Deraisa question, that's already Suffolk Deraisa Lechumra, and, and there's no Suffolk here. The Mishnah says black and white that Kriyashma is after Tzais. So how do we dive in that Mariv with the Kriyashma? That's Rashi's question. Okay, so what does Rashi say over there? Um... Rashi says that the third line, the, the last word on the third line there, number two, im kain lama koen otaba beta knesset. Why are we saying kriyashma early? It's supposed to be tzais. 
So the answer is, there's a, it's a mailah, it's better to have the Shmon Esrei if you first had some Torah. So Kriyishma, we're not being Yotze Rashi, says Mitzvah's Kriyishma. Mitzvah's Kriyishma, we're going to be Yotze later on after Tzais. We're just saying the Kriyishma in the early Mariv to say Divrei Torah before Tfilah, because it's better, Lamad B'Tfilah, Metoch Divrei Torah, Hochitana B'Braisa B'Bochas Yerushalmi, Yerushalmi seems to say that, and therefore, you should say Kriyashma after it gets dark, after Tzais. Now, the average Jew is not going to remember when he gets home after Tzais to say Kriyashma, but when you go to sleep, you're going to say the first Pasha of Kriyashma. So, when he says that first Pasha of Kriyashma, when he goes to sleep, He's going to be Yotze the Deraisa. So, so there's a huge, lots and lots of questions about Rashi and his Minak, but what Rashi says is that you're going to daven and shul early and you're going to say everything. You, and the reason you're saying the Kriyashma is not to get the mitzvah, but just to be able to get into tefillah through Torah. And when you go to sleep, you're going to say the first Pasha of Shema that every Jew does. And that first Pasha of Shema is going to get you the mitzvah, the rice of Kriyashma. Rashi feels that the rice of Kriyashma is only one Pasha. The Rabbanon is the other two, but the device you're going to get at night. So, Tosfus here, this the number three, he goes crazy about the Rashi. He says he doesn't understand. But I want to talk about one of the questions he has. He says, I don't understand how are you making brachos of Kriyashma earlier? He says, where is that in the Tosavis? Fourth line. One, two, three, four. For Ode. Kasher the tzorach levorech, right? That's it. Vaod kasher the tzorach levorech, bekriyishma shteim lefoneho ushteim lachareo ba'avus. Says you're going to be saying the brachas of kriyishma in this early amariv. You're not being yotze mitzvahs kriyishma deraisa. So you're saying brachas. So on what basis are you saying birchos kriyishma? Rashi is saying, you're saying the Kriyashma, not Mitzvah's Kriyashma, that's after it says. You're saying the Kriyashma to have Devei Torah. So Mincha, we have Devei Torah, we say Ashrei. So here for some reason I picked Devei Torah, Kriyashma. But what does that have to do with Brachas of Kriyashma? You're davening Mariv, davening a full Mariv. How do you say Birchos Kriyashma? That's Tosfus Kashem. This is one of the questions he has. That's why he doesn't accept Rashi's uh, approach to this whole thing. So I want to talk about what the Rav said, how to explain this question of the brachos of Kriyashma. How did Rashi saying brachos of Kriyashma before Zman Kriyashma? Zman Kriyashma is Tzais. And we're saying brachos Kriyashma after Plag. So you have to say, as I mean, it's not as if you have much of a choice. You have to say... 
because it's mantfilas mariv, it's mantfilas mariv that yeah you can dive in the Shimon Esri then. So you can say Kriyashma and Brachos Betoras Tfila. You're not saying it Betoras Kriyashma because Kriyashma doesn't start till it says. You're saying it Betoras Tfila. In other words, we have, so like this, there's a, there's a Kriyashma which is Mitzvah's Kriyashma. That's says and past says. And then there's a Kriyashma, which is Betoras Tfila. And since it's Man Tfila's Mariv, there's a Kriyashma Betoras Tfila. And, and that Kriyashma gets Birchos Kriyashma. It's not just Stam Devreto, it's not an Ashray. It's a, it's a Kriyashma, which is rooted and justified because it's part of tefillah. Yeah. You see the same thing by Shachris. Right, exactly. That's the best proof to this. So where we have that someplace in the... Yeah. Yeah, number six. Uh, yeah, number five. Number six. Number five, you're right. That test on the base. The end of number five, it talks about Kriya Shema in the morning, and then it says, Ad, you go to a certain time, Ad Shalosh Shaot, you have three hours. You can say Kriya Shema after the third hour. Like Torah, so that doesn't sound like much of a big deal. And the Gemara says, and that's in number six, and you're at base. So he says, the Gemara says, third line, Where does it mean he didn't lose anything? If he, re, if he says the Kriyashma between three and four hours, in other words, between, let's say, between. Uh, nine and ten o'clock in the morning. It's nine o'clock is the end of this man Krishna. We can go till ten o'clock because it's man Hifsid Brachos. Most says there in the third line, number six, my lo Hifsid lo Hifsid Brachos. Tanya Namach Akern Makan Velech lo Hifsid Gadam Shikar B'Torah. Avu Mevorech Hu Shtaim Lefoneha Vaachas Laachreha. You do say Birchos Kriyashma. So the Gemara said, Mishnah and Gemara says, you pointed out correctly, that you can be post Zman Kriyashma of Shachris, it's three hours, and you're still Zman Tfila Shachris, which is four hours. <clears throat> and in that last hour, you can say Kriyashma with Brachos. So it's a perfect uh, source for this Shittas Rashi that there's a Kriyashma, which is not a mitzvah's Kriyashma, there's a Kriyashma, which is mitzvah's tefillah. So therefore, I can, uh, I can say the Kriyashma with the brachos of Kriyashma, the Torah's tefillah, in Shoravis, in, in, in the fourth hour of the day, in the morning, I'm not getting a mitzvah's Kriyashma, 
I'm getting a mitzvah's tefillah, and the birchos kriyishma are part of that kriyishma of tefillah. Okay, yes, yeah. Right, that's a so, good proof too. Yeah, right. You do say smichas guula letfila, and that means you're connecting the brachos of kriyishma with the tefila. Right. So that's also a very good source. That it, there is a there is another level of kriyishma as as connecting to tefila. Why right. does Rashi bring that? I have no idea. It's a good question. Rashi should have quoted that. Because first of all, smichas guula tefila and marib is a machlokas. Not everybody works accepts that. So that's what maybe Rashi didn't quote that. Yeah. So it, it, it could be a Rashi thought that, I mean, it, it seems a closest thought that Rashi thought that the real Shema is the Kriya Shema Alita and not the Shema that I'm saying. <coughs> Rashi fundamentally may have thought that when I say the Shema early, uh, I mean, that is what Rashi says, <coughs> not the fulfillment of the Shema, and that the, the brachos that I'm saying right, are. are more questionable. So which is why yeah, you're repeating Tarsus' cash against Rashi. Right. So we're saying that according to Rashi, there, there's a, there are two levels or two kinds of Kriyashma. There's a Kriyashma, but Torah's Kriyashma. And there's a Kriyashma, which is part of Tefillah. I'm going to add something, how I understand this. But there, there's a Kriyashma, which is Kriyashma, that you lose when, if you dive in between 3 and 4 in the morning, in the, between 9 and 10 o'clock, you're not going to get the Kriyashma as Kriyashma. You're going to get Kriyashma as part of Shmones, or of Shachrus. And the Birchos Kriyashma go there because it's, it's some level of a Kriyashma. It's not just the Vetora Ashrei or something. It's a Kriyashma which is not the original Torah Kriyashma, it's a Kriyashma de Rabbanon, which is a tefillah kriyashma rather than a Torah kriyashma. It's a kriyashma which is an extension and part of tefillah. And you point out, it could be there's a dinner summer kula tefillah, or maybe not, but whatever you say about that question, but it's justified based to, to use a zman tefillah to say kriyashma with brachos is because the tefillah aspect of Kriyashma justifies saying it with its brachos. You're not getting the Kriyashma of the Torah, you're getting a Kriyashma, the Rabbanon of tefillah. That's what Rashi holds. So yeah. Isn't there another element also of space Uh, maybe, I don't know, that the Rav didn't say, I don't know that this minhag that Rashi has to dive in early marriage, based on tefillah being early, uh, is only with a minion and a shul, but you could not do it privately. I mean, the, the way the Rav was saying it, it didn't make it dependent on tefillah b'tzibur. Yeah. What? If it's all about a Rashi, a Shema, that's Torah's, why does he mention the words Tfilah Tov Tfilah Torah? Sounds like it's a din in Torah, not a din in Tfilah. Yeah, that is a question. It's a good question. I, if, if I were Rashi, 
with love, I would quote something else. I would quote some other Gemara. There is a Gemara which the Rav, there's a Gemara that the Rav did quote. I think it's here someplace. Yeah, and look at number seven. The Rav found a Gemara that says what he wants to say. Uh, that page uh, two, number seven. Um, this is the best Malchus Shemaim. So what the, the Rav said, that the way he's reading the Rashi, if you read this Gemara, Yikra Kriyashma V'yispalel, the Kriyashma and the Tefillah together are Malchus Shemaim Shalem, are the best Kabbalists of Malchus Shemaim. And in, in certain cases, it, there's a split. In other words, you can have sometimes, it's a Kabbalist of Malchus Shemaim fundamentally of Kriyashma, the Raisa, and you add Tefillah on top of that, so you're working with Kabbalah's Malshmaim of Kriyashma, which extends into Tefillah, and sometimes you can have it split the other way. You don't have the Kabbalah's Shmaim of Kriyashma, it's not this man Kriyashma. You have a Kabbalah's Malchus Shmaim of Tefillah, and that enables you to do a Kabbalah's Malchus Shmaim of Kriyashma with Tefillah. And that's the Rashi, that's the Gemara between 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock in the morning. And that's the Rashi before Tzais in the late afternoon. It's his man of tefillah, of Mariv, and that enables me to do the Kabbalah of Kriyashma with the Brochos. The Brochos are a simon that this is Kabbalah of Kriyashma, because you wouldn't say Brochos for Ashrei or some other Devei Torah. So the Rav felt that this Gemara is really maybe a better Gemara if Rashi, if the Rav had a chance to talk to the Rashi, he would say, instead of quoting this Yerushalmi, quote the Gemara and Daphia Dalit, which connects Shema and Tefillah. Okay, I want to add uh, uh, one thing of my own, a little bit. Uh, the the, the is saying, according to Rashi, you can have a joint Kabbalah, Samachah, Shema, Tefillah plus Tefillah. You could have... Uh, it's a Bidiyavit situation where you 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 get Kavalas uh, Shemayim Tefillah really and Krishna as part of Tefillah. So I was, he never explained the, the Rav. What are these two Kavalas or Machus Shemayim? Krishna, the Torah is Krishna per se, and Krishna as part of Tefillah. So if you think a little bit about it, the way I was thinking about it, uh, uh, when I was preparing the Shia, I was saying, I thought like this, that basically when you say Kriyashma B'Torah Kriyashma, okay, so you say it's Kabbalah Salmachu Shemai. So first of all, the Kriyashma is a list of fundamentals of, of the Torah faith, right? It's Yisodos Amunah. Hashem Elkeinu Hashem Echad, God exists, God is one, and that means that everything comes from God, he's the Borei, 
and it means also that he controls everything, hashgachas, you get all, and even in that first pasuk, you basically get all the most important yisodos of Amuna. Briyas HaOlam, Yidiyas Hashem, Hashgachas Hashem, Unity of Hashem. Then you go on, more Yisodos, Avas Hashem, Mitzvos, Talmud Torah, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. So, a lot, a lot of Yisodos, and a lot of fundamentals of faith. Now, one level, it's something we're learning that. We have an obligation every day to learn the basic principles of faith. And that's what Shema is. Shema is, the Gemara called it Shinun. It's a, it's a study. You're studying Emuna twice a day. So that's one, one, one thing. Then one level up, beyond that, the expression of Gemara is Kabbalah, so so, beyond studying it and knowing what it says, I'm accepting it. So it's like by Har Sinai, we're saying, we say Nasa Vanishma. So Nishma means we study it, but Nasa means we will do it. So I make a commitment. So in the Kabbalah of just basic Kriyashma, I think that there's, there's two levels. There's Shinantam, there's learning it, there's the Nishma, and there's the nasa. We will we will accept this, and therefore whatever it whatever happens, whatever later on comes out of that acceptance, is mechayiv me, and I will act. I will do nasa based on the nishma. Whatever I'm learning here in this kriyashma, the three pashas, I will now act upon that. That's the kabbalas hamachshmaim of kriyashma. It's basically a nasa and nishma. Now, what is what the Gemara says on Yudalit that Tefillah is Kabbalah Salmachu Shemaim? It adds something. What does Tefillah add to Kabbalah Salmachu Shemaim? Yes? You have the basics, and now you say, I'm going to approach him and have a Hashos towards him. Exactly. So, in other words. It doesn't say Kabbalah Salmachu Shemaim at the end. It says, It says, Vizui Malchus Shemaim Shlema. Okay, good. It's past Kabbalah. It's. it's it's basically saying that I, you, the Jewish nation, the world, we are dependent. We're absolutely dependent on Hashem. And we can and will and should and do turn to Him to help us. Because we are, it's Bakasha. Right. not here for us approaching with our Bakashas. We need to first Right. But it wouldn't, it wouldn't sit with Rashi's, the, the Pasha Rishana, the Yodzi Krishna Alamita. Because then you don't go to the Pashas. So you still have to go to the Pashas. 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 You still have the order and everything built. So you, you have the, uh, let's call it uh, Yudia, the, the learning, the Hizchaivus, uh, the accepting the obligations, and then the Bakasha, which means uh, 
that's truly accepting and, and acting upon this reality. The, let us there is nothing else. There's only Hashem. So therefore, I'm completely dependent on Him. That's what the Shmon Esra expresses. And that's Shlema. That's the complete. Now, when you have... Yes? The Rav, if I remember correctly, explains in Avodah Shabalev that there is no better expression than being completely defeated before HaKadosh Baruch And that's why uh, we have the Bakashas indicating our complete dependence on him, culminating in Shomea Tfila, which is sort of an open-ended, um, it's not even specific, it's just like an overall complete dependence. Uh, right? Like the man stands in front of God completely defeated and, and worthless other than his, you know... Right, yeah. Yeah. Bitul Hayesh. Yeah. No, Khaneinu Mit Khadeya. We ask Hashem to help us get the Das. Khaneinu Mit Khadeya. No, that Khaneinu Mit Khadeya is what follows. Right. But, but before I ask Khaneinu Mit Khadeya, there is a statement, a Tachonin Right, right. Which is, is, is already built in. I mean, before I say, Slach Lano Adinu Kihatanu, I'm supposed to be thinking, Nokia Tasa Lano Adinu Kihatanu. I'm saying, isn't that. that, that well, you're, you're right. What you're saying is a good point. The, the point is like this that when you deal, you know, Shoma was a much bigger expert than I am on this, but when you deal with uh, what you were saying, that man or woman, people are defeated or worthless, and God is everything, that's one din. But as you read the Prisca, there's a second din that uh, people are so great, they're above angels and all-powerful. The only thing greater than them is God himself. So there's the Bito Hayesh, the Ayin, I'm nothing, and then on the other side, there's the yesh. God does want men and women to feel and to have power. Right? He, he put man, the Bible also has articles about, he put man into Garden of Eden and says, that you have the responsibility, you have to tell him, Kim, you're my partner. God created people to do. So we have to navigate life in this double role as nothing and something. So 90% of the Tanya is talking about this paradox, and I never was able to understand how he resolves it. So, I, you know, you read the Tanya, and you hopefully you get... But you know whether it's the Rav or the Tanya, whoever it is, yes, there are two dinim. There's a nothingness, and there's a, a great, amazing value for, for human life. And... Uh, we deal with this, you know, in war and you have people losing their lives, you, you really have to deal with this question of worthless and something. There's a great video which went out yesterday of an almana, she has six children, it's beautiful. You should listen to it, it's wonderful. It's on this thing called Chadashot Smechot. She just lost her husband. And I That's never, yes, I never heard anyone talk like that. It's fantastic. You have to hear her. But it's really talking about this this uh, core issue of what makes life worthwhile.
So the, the so and so that's really uh, when you go from Kriyashman, Kriyashman in a certain way is speaking about uh, it's talking about on the one hand the greatness of God, but because you are the person who's making the decision to learn that and to be committed to it, that means you are great. So I'm not asking animals to do this. He's asking you to do this. It means you are special. So that makes you the partner. But when you go into the Shlona Esrei, you're going to the other role of nothing. I can't do anything without Hashem. I have to have Hashem. That's the other kind of Kabbalah's Yeah. So then, if I understand correctly, right, the, the Shema is kind of like a Hana for the, for the Shema. So what would be like the Halakha, again, I forget, if you come to Shalai and you and the Tzibar is getting Shemesa, would you have to say Shema first? Or would you go straight into So we make, we pass in that in Shachris, you've got to do the Shema, and then the Shema Nes, even though you're going to lose that on Tefillah B'Tzibur, but in Mariv, Tefillah B'Tzibur preempts that. So you do the Shema Nes with the Tzibur, and then you say the Mariv. So the Mariv not as vital. Right. But don't forget, that's, that's talking about where it's in the Zman, in the Zman of Kriya Shema. So Kriya Shema stands alone. But if you were davening early... So you come to Shalai early. Right, it's so an early Mariv, and you're late. So then, then, to say the Shema then with the Brachas, at that point, when it's an early Mariv, it's only justified because that's getting you into the Shema and the Esrei. And you're the Shema and the Esrei first, that's it. You can't daven now this early Mariv. Right, so you shouldn't daven Mariv. Right, wait for Tzais, and then do Brachas and Kriya Shema. That's right, if you're late to the early Minyan, Daven the Mariv without, and don't say Brachos and Kriyashma till after Tzais. Right, that's what turned out the way this whole thing is working out. It's a very interesting halacha, but it's very good that, uh, that we got to this halacha of about uh, the difference. So it means like this that when you're downing that early Mariv and you're saying Kriyashma with Brachos, you're saying it as part of nothingness, part of the, of the dependence on Hashem. The Kriyashma, as, as Rashi says, is the introduction to get to that point. So when you say the Kriyashma, you could think of it as an ennobling, ennobling you, ennobling humanity, because you are a partner with Hashem. That would be the basic Kriyashma Deraisa. But in these kind of special situations, when you're not getting Kriyashma Deraisa, and you're just saying in Materas Tfila, then you're saying the Kriyashma as the annulment of man. The nullification of self and making you ready for tefillah. Mincha without Krishna is a question. I don't know. I didn't think about that, but something to think about. How come? How come they put this uh, into the shachos and the Mariv and that in the mincha? I don't know why the Torah didn't do that. Never mind. I have no idea. I don't know. Maybe something Ashri. Some, does something. Yeah. What a big. Okay, so I did basically what I wanted to do with the uh, with this Gemara. I'll just say a little vod because I gave in, in Shiva YU many years of Hasidus based on the shame of Shmuel, and um, and then a few years ago, my son-in-law, one of my sons-in-law, Tani Prero, decided to write it up, and uh, became a two-volume. Uh, set on every parasha there's uh, an idea from Shem Shmuel, and then at the end there's some exercises how to apply the so I like to always pick things which are relevant so let's say we just discussed 
uh, yesh versus ayin, you know, I'm something, I'm nothing. So then an exercise would be, go through the week every day, write down what, what happened during the day that made you feel that you're a yesh, that you're something good, big, powerful. And what, may, what happened during the day which made you feel that you're an ayin, you're nothing? It's an exercise every day, write down. It's a good exercise. Try it, it's nice. And uh, I hope that most of the time you put down the yesh. <laughs> but some, <laughs> some people have a lot of ayin, you know, very helpless. So. <laughs> uh, I wonder about a shul rabbi, is he a yesh or an ayin? Because I don't know. Uh, a Rosh Hashiva, I think, can be a yesh because he doesn't have to deal with too many situation. <laughs> okay. Okay, so just a little thing from this week's Pasha on Shemos. Um, there's a very strange discussion there that Moshe has with the Rabbanu Shalom at the beginning of the Pasha. Uh, first thing he wants to know is Shem is telling him to go take the Jews out of Mitzrayim. He says, Ma, ma Shemecha, what, what's your name? What name will I tell them? And it's a very strange question. Because Hashem Elohim, this name has been; those two names have been used again and again since Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Yosef. Everybody knows the two basic names of Hashem. So what's Moshe asking him, Hashem? What, what is the name? And then Hashem tells him, Eye, which is a vague. It's not, and it's not one of the seven basic names. Not Hashem, not Elohim. It's a different. I will be. Okay. It's a very, very uh, amorphous, vague discussion there. And then Hashem said, and Moshe says, they're not going to listen to me. And, uh, and Hashem says, I'll give you three signs. One sign is uh, put your hand uh, by your chest and take it out so it's leprosy, so it's harassed, put it back in, it gets healed. Then take some, uh, and then take... Uh, Take water and throw it on the ground and turn it into blood. And take a stick and throw it on the ground and it turns into a snake. And then take it back, it comes back into a stick. And they'll listen to these three signs. It's also very vague exactly what's, what was the issue and what was what's the three signs. So the Shemesh says like this. He says that uh, Hashem deals uh, with us and with the world with two middos. Sometimes it's din, and sometimes it's chesed. So we say the name Hashem, Yudkei Vavkei, is chesed, and Elohim is din. Now, the Jews are in Mitzrayim, and Hashem is sending, tells Moshe, go take them out. So Moshe says, I, I don't understand. Now, is, am I going to take them out with the middah of chesed or with the middah of din? Um, do they deserve to? Go? If din means that they deserve to go out, but we know that they that they were worshiping idols. They were they were the main idol make, makers for the country and other uh, sins. They weren't they weren't weren't even doing bismillah at that point. Uh, so so they're going out. Din, or, or is it just pure chesed? So, so Hashem, so Hashem says, it's chesed. I'm not taking them out because they necessarily, I don't think they deserve it either. 
but it's chesed. I, I promised Avram, Yisuk, and Yaakov. So doing chesed to their children, it's chesed. So then Moshe says to him, but what's happening to the Egyptians? Oh, the Egyptians, they're going to be punished. So that's din. So you have chesed on the Jews and din on the mitzvah. So that's a paradox. So is that how we're going to do this? That I'm going to be the messenger of chesed on the one hand for Jews and din on the other hand for the mitzvah. So Hashem says, hey, Hashem, hey, I will be where I will be. I can be both, and you can be both. You can be both. You can be the guy who's going to do chesed for Jews, and you're going to be the guy who's going to do din on the mitzvah. Like a Jewish soldier, you know, in today's army. Din on the malekim and chesed on the Jews. You can do both at the same time. I'm going to do both. Hey, Hashem, yeah. So then Moshe says, but I don't know if the Jews will accept that because they know... <laughs> that there's a, there was a prediction of 400 years. And this is way before the 400 years. And, uh, and also they know that all the sins they did, it's hard for a person to believe that he's going to get this undeserved chesed. You know, they have, they, have, they have guilt feelings about what they're doing. And it's hard to accept that they're going to get this chesed. And... Um, it's one of the reasons, by the way, now in the war, you don't want to say anything negative about any Jew, anything, because you, we need chesed. So negative is trying to bring midas din. We don't need to, we don't need din. When we're in big trouble, you get a lot of chesed. So you don't want to be makanter. A lot of people don't understand that. It's hard to me. I can't even. When it's, a guy says something stupid, a negative statement about Jews today. If I answer him back, then I'm also saying something stupid against him. So it's like, I don't know what to do. You just have to just move on. And, and so, you know. But Moshe is saying, um, so the Jews themselves think that we don't deserve chesed. So how, how so Hashem says to him, listen, take, put your hand in and take it out. So that's a plague, that's no good. That's a punishment. So you, the punishment is there. Put your hand back and take it out. Now all of a sudden it's clean. The, din, the, the chesed can take away a din right away. It doesn't have to last. It just, if it was din, goes away like that. If you don't believe that, do the same thing with water. Turn it into blood, it'll be din, and then it can just instantaneously. Same thing with stick. Can turn into a snake, and you take it back, it's no more of a snake. So, all kinds of din can be instantly erased with chesed. And it's a paradox, okay, I'll do what I want to do. I'll do this. There was time for din, and there's a time for chesed, and it could happen in an instant. It doesn't mean that there's anything which necessarily creates the chesed. It just comes, and that's what you're going to do. So uh, that's the message, and uh, we hope, with God's help, that there is a lot of din going on, and uh, we will have a lot of chesed like that, quick. I mean, okay, anyone who wants to buy a set, it's 20 shekel. Two books. Yeah. <laughs>
Two years ago, two years ago, I was sitting next to a rock, and he told me get up and get up. He said you should. He was his friend. But he said to me, come on, down. I got it. Yeah, I wasn't gonna. You know, I already made room for it. I already angled so he could sit next to me. You know, I already shuffled the whole place. But so I, I mean, I listened to it. At that moment, I felt more comfortable. I couldn't say no. But Derek Cloud, I'm not going to have that press. Oh, that I prefer not to die with a place where. Yeah, it's definitely a personal. So, if you feel uncomfortable, you'll pop it.